Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Welcome to Friday's edition of the Orange and Brown Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Burns. Before we do get started, I'm going to pitch again fantastic people and products over at Thayer One CBD, which is the only organic, truly tested, USDA certified product in their market that stands out above the rest. Their extracts are of the highest quality available anywhere. They're grown in the U.S., which is imperative. So use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, or the body balm for targeted relief and sleep tincture and drift into a deep night's sleep. So go. Take advantage of their offer through Labor Day, which is a buy one, get one free, going to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back. Get a full refund within 30 days of your purchase. Try them out. Big believer in the products. They do great stuff with us here at Blue Wire. Again, go to theragun.com slash bluewire. Take advantage of this opportunity through Labor Day. Get that buy one, get one free offer. So I'm welcoming in Jared Mueller. We are going to have a quick hitter today. Will not be very long. Tough to really know what is going on with the Browns in terms of what society is. Um, as you'll hear my dog bark in the background here, no big deal. Um, you know, with what society's thrown, and we're not going to deal with that all too much here because I don't think most people come here for that. My, my stance on this stuff is relatively known, and I would imagine that most people um, know where I'm at, and I know where Jared's at, and hopefully everyone's treating each other as best they can. The Browns are doing great things by tying themselves to the Cavs organization and the Indians organization to uh, to come up with some change in Cleveland. In doing that today, they shortened practice some. Um, they shortened it down to just an hour. And I really am interested in Jared's uh, most important storylines as we are now just two weeks away from the opener in Baltimore, um, should that come to fruition. So I, I'm, I'm curious, Jared, and we can go one by one. People have a feeling they've heard me talk about a lot of the same rhetorical things lately. Uh, you know, getting your opinion on this and what, what to, what to uh, focus on over the next, um, you know, the next, I guess would be the next two weeks heading into the, into the opener. Yeah, thanks, Jake. I mean, um, first starting, you know, the reality is, is obviously there are more important things going on in the world. And we all just want to be, you know, cognizant of that. But again, we like sports, and we're going to talk sports. So you know, for me, um, it's it's true always, but I think there's a part of me that is uh, dealing with the experiences over the last couple seasons, that more and more coaching becomes kind of number one. Um, and, and number two, honestly, I'm going to talk about coaches for my, my first two. And I, you know, so it starts out, um, really focused on, um, what Joe Woods is going to do, uh, especially with Grant Delpit out, you know, we know that there was a, there is a plan. There was a plan for a lot of big nickel. Um, and so the reality is, is right now, given the roster that they have, I'm not sure the roster is in position to do what Joe Woods wanted to do. And it's, it's a lot to, 
to put on to a rookie like Grant Delpit, but his versatility, his flexibility, his size, his speed, all of that kind of stuff, and the fact that he was a rookie, I think Joe had a, a very specific plan for him and an important part of the defense, but one that I don't think was going to overwhelm him. I think they were going to put him in a place to be successful. So now my question for, for Joe Woods is, is he going to be like Greg Williams, and and really Steve Wilkes, who, you know, there's we have so many examples with Williams and his angel safety and playing his corners 10 yards off on third and three um, or even like with Steve Wilkes. Uh, they moved Jannard Avery because he didn't fit his system. Is is Joe Woods going to be the type of of coordinator who focuses so solely on his system that he's just not flexible. And I think the uh, injury to Delpit is going to require him to be flexible in his systems. And so will we see that? Will we see him um, doing things differently, whether that's use use of linebackers more, even though those are limited? Uh, will that be a use, you know, using a corner instead of a big safety? You know, what will, what will they do to adjust or will he just kind of plug and play whoever else kind of is next, whether that's Sheldrick Redwine or how they use Sandejo and Carl Joseph. For me, on the defensive side of the ball, I'm really intrigued to see how Joe Woods just uses the talent, you know, and I think, you know, unfortunately we've been burned so many times by this is my way and um, these guys have to learn, you know, playing off man or, you know, all of those kind of things that I'm just really concerned to see what that looks like, especially now with the Delpit injury. And so, you know, I, to be honest, I'm not the guy who's done the, the film work like uh, you and John have done you know, on the defense. So, you know, I just don't know if Joe has that flexibility in his history to really just focus on what talent is available or is he going to square peg round hole like we've seen over the last couple of years. Well, the thing that's interesting is I don't, I don't know if he has even the, how would I say this? The square pegs to, uh, or the round pegs to put in the round holes, right? Like you need to uh, to be able to have those to to, to to do things that require more flexibility. You need to have players with flexibility, right? So, um, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with yesterday with Sobo about we just don't know what these guys are going to do. Like I'm just kind of tired of not knowing what your coordinators are going to do. They're saying the right things. Kevin has said the right things on the offensive side, and I think Joe Woods is you know, talking about a potpourri of the best defenses across the league. Those are all the right things you want to hear, and, and a part of the battle right, is you want to hear the right things. You, you would rather hear the right things than hear the wrong things, um, but but you have to see it, right? I think that's a huge, huge storyline is, is how not only how it would have looked had things not happened, but now it's even more imperative – that they uh, that they do one of their best coaching jobs that as a collective staff and Joe Woods leadership that we've we've seen in a while because they are going to be strong at certain positions. The secondary obviously was a position we thought could be of strength. It is now a a questionable uh, spot in terms of how they'll adapt what they have. And uh, we obviously know linebacker will have its limitations ahead of the season. And it could work out. They could obviously have a bunch of guys make a leap. Redwine could make a leap. You know, Jacob Phillips could surprise his rookie year, and, and B.J. Goodson could surprise in his first chance to have an expanded role. But we don't know. All we know is what they are right now, and what we know of what they are, it is it is not great NFL <laughs> talent. So um, we're just, uh, just going to have to see, right? Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, it sounds so 
like exciting. He he was brought in. I know Lane told us, you know, during the coaching search that they wanted someone who was going to look at the talent on the roster and use it. And so Denzel and, and Greedy are more press man guys. But it's really cute to be like, oh, cool, press man guys, but we'll also run some cover three like Seattle and San Francisco ran a little bit of and all that. Like those are such complicated systems, especially I think the cover three and, you know, press man's a little less complicated. It's a little bit more physical. Um, and talent oriented, it's cute to say like, that'd be great, but you know, is it realistic for a lot of young people, right? You know, Carl Joseph is in his fifth season, you know, Sendejo is really the veteran in the secondary. Um, and then you're looking at, you know, BJ Goodson, right? Like there's not a lot of other veteran leadership to know those nuances and to, to really master them, especially in an AFC North where, you know, you've got the Steelers who can do a little bit of a lot of things as long as, you know, Roethlisberger is healthy. And then you have the Ravens who, you know, obviously everybody knows Lamar Jackson in the run game. But, you know, the tight ends and the some of the speedy wide receivers, they've really put together some some weapons there where, you know, team defenses need to know what they're doing. They have to be good at what they're good at. And so, you know, again, hope Joe Woods is able to do that and willing to do that and isn't uh, his system or the highway. Because I swear to goodness, not even just the defense, Freddie Kitchen deciding not to run the ball. Like, you have a really good running team and you can't pass block for diddly squat, and we're going to throw the ball 50 times. Screw that. Like, let's actually work on the talent and use the talent we have. Anybody can implement a system and not have it work. Very true. Very great point. And uh, one thing that's probably not talked about enough is how they're going to adapt this group. What do you have next? So my second thing goes back to coaching as well, and it's um, unfortunately just because I decided to play softball tonight, I didn't get back to the specific research, but no one cares about the specific research. Um, but it's looking at uh, Kevin Stefanski's zone blocking scheme, uh, and one of the things that we know statistically is there's a reason the Niners running game is significantly different than any other zone blocking scheme, and that's because he um, implements more uh, gap power, some of those type of running schemes than other zone blocking schemes. So I'm really intrigued to see um, how flexible, not even flexible, how much does he mix it up, right? So how often is he able to just blow people off the line? I know that the offensive line may not be specifically built for that across the board, but how often is he doing that? Because I know the Shanahan run offense out in San Francisco is more like 25% of their runs somewhere in that area um, are, are not the typical zone blocking scheme kind of runs. Um, which is significantly more than most of the other zone schemes. And so I'm just really intrigued because the run game needs to be the number one, even though they have Jarvis Landry and Joku, Hooper, um, obviously Odell Beckham Jr., um, and everything else. I just think the run game has to be number one. And I think they have to be able to keep people off balance with enough um, diversity outside of the zone blocking scheme uh, to really make it explosive. I love the zone blocking scheme in general, but is he going to run enough of the other stuff where you can break these huge runs and and really set people up, keep them off guard, or is he going to be really kind of set in his ways? And I think that's what's going to set. Uh, I know that's what sets Kyle Shanahan apart, but will that um, you know will will Stefanski have enough of that? Great point. I'm going to expand on that in just a second. Before we do, I want to talk again about Sunday Ticket and what the offer is here for Blue Wire listeners. So NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live game and out-of-market game. And all of you Browns fans who listen to this from various parts of the country or out of country, this is your route to take to make sure that you can catch the Browns 
uh, anywhere you are. So go to sundayticket.tv. It's the key to the most glorious brown Sunday you could possibly have. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, at checkout. Get 15% off your subscription, and then also you get those Red Zone Channel and the DirecTV Fantasy Zone Channel so that you can keep up on your fantasy stuff or keep up on any scores or big moments happening across the league. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use that promo code BLUEWIRE. So great point, Jared. It's not talked about enough. Kyle, Kyle has gone away from, if you look at a team like, um, you know, two years ago the Rams when they went to the Super Bowl were so adept and so efficient running wide zone that they became too reliant on it, and I, I guarantee I don't pay a ton of attention to what the LA Rams are doing or what or what uh, you know McVay is doing because we just have our own stuff to worry about and following on following and reporting on the Browns. But I would imagine he felt that they were too singular, singularly focused on running mid and wide zone, and it, and a lack of diversity in their run game approach is what cost them. If you watch San Francisco, they run a ton of gap. I asked John Costco at Pro Football Focus this exact question, and Stefanski was much higher volume wide zone guy than. Uh, than, than Shanahan was, and that's that's something that he's going to have to work on is diversifying your run game portfolio is kind of the way to put it um, for for you know for, for financial uh, reigns there right um <laughs> so you have to be able to, to to run gap power all of those different things ISO and then he does some trickeration some reverses some some things week to week you have to be able to look at opposing defenses and say this team's not built to handle the lateral run. Let's go back to our base and run a ton more wide zone, mid zone than we did last week. This team is probably more athletic along the defensive line, can get, turn, transition, and fire through gaps, get around people, um, sort of beat people to spots, per se. There are, there are athletic defensive lines like that. Well, we need to gap and power them and be able to handle that. The Browns have a nice mixture on their offensive lines of guys that can do both and have been in both types of systems. So uh, that's going to be a, a leg up, and I hope that that is a part of Stefanski, that he can look at that data and say, yeah, I need to exchange some of the things I was doing too heavy and try to mix those things up and catch defenses off guard. That's a great point, and uh, I really do hope that he expands and, and sort of changes and tweaks, and we see something different week to week. Like, they didn't run everything the same. I mean, if you turn on their film, Minnesota, there was diversity in their run game approach. Don't get me wrong. There are little wrinkles you can do in your wide zone or mid zone that can, you know, you can fold somebody. You can you can wheel a, a, a tight end on a kick block on the backside. There are a ton of fun things you can do. I hope to see more of those things this year. What's your last one? So the last one is um, is the opposite side of the ball from last year. So last year I had uh, the offensive line would have been number three or number one. Uh, for me this year, it really is the defensive line. Can the defensive line dominate? Um, you know, I, it's something I just want to see as a fan, uh, to be honest, Delpit's injury is, is probably the most damaging for me. I have longed for a free safety for so many years, just a amazing back of the defense can come up and hit somebody free safety, uh, that Delpit's injury really is hard for me personally, but I want to see, can the defensive line dominate? Can they control a game? Because I don't think that they plan for the linebackers to be the controlling part of the game. And I don't think the secondary is going to have that kind of ability. I really want to see a defensive line that gets after the quarterback that can, can stuff the run. I just want to see a defensive line that controls the game. They did it in San Francisco. I don't think the Browns have the same depth of talent. You know, they had Ronald Blair, you know, fourth on the depth chart kind of thing. So they had a lot more depth, but can the defensive line really control things, you know, with Miles Garrett, with hopefully Olivier uh, Vernon healthy, with Claiborne, um, with the guys inside, with Ogunjobi, Richardson and Elliott. Um, those guys, can they do that? Obviously, Billings being out is, is an issue. I just really want to see and defense. I just think. I mean, on both sides of the ball, really. But on defense, I really think you have to be dominant at something. You have to you have to be able to take the ball away, you know, on in coverage. You have to be able to stop the run. You have to do something. And I think the Browns, given their division um, and given who they are playing, I think the defensive line has to control 
the game. I think we have to leave those adjust. Offenses had to do a lot of different things just to make up for uh, that defensive line. Okay, great point. I think, I certainly think um, that that it's going to be fascinating for me to see where this group is able to take the pressure that's been given by the defense, right? So, you know, you don't want any one group to have more pressure on on your team than any other. That was the beautiful part of the Browns is they had found some balance and there wasn't too much pressure on Miles Garrett anymore. That maybe was there less pressure on the offense to be able to, uh, to, 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 to score points or have to score points on a certain number of drives. But that shift is, has, has completely changed. You know, you're going to have to compensate for the linebackers in the secondary. So that pressure becomes defensive line oriented and oriented. And that becomes on the offense too, where the offense has to step up, score points, get out in front. That allows the defensive line to become more worried about the pass game and be able to pin their ears back and get after people. Cause I do think they'll be able to rush the passer really well, but they have not over the last few years balanced being able to uh, sort of anchor down against the run and stop worrying about getting after the pass so much. I think that's been a problem. So if they can put themselves in more predictable situations, obviously every defense is going to be better when there's less unpredictability, less run-pass conflict in your approach to 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 going after the play. But that, to me, is a really big part. And um, the, the, then you're completely right, Jared, that the, the pressure has totally shifted, totally shifted to the defensive line being dominant and totally shifted to the Browns' Uh, offense being able to get out and play in front of people or be able to just find a way throughout a game to score points. They're going to have to score an uptick of points because there's no doubt that if they're playing in even games and they're playing in situations where their quarterback, uh, sorry, where they're running back, geez, slow down, Jake, where they're playing in situations where their secondary and linebackers are having run pass conflict pressure, that's where I think that they're going to give up some points and some, some long touchdowns are probably going to happen too. Those are three great points. He's Jared Mueller. Jared, I appreciate your time, man, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we have some answers on these things in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to, man. I mean, football would be nice. <laughs> football would be nice. We appreciate you guys listening. And a big shout-out to Jared for taking time and joining us. Jared's actually going to host some of these next week. I will be off to Wyoming. He will be hosting, having a couple different guests from the OBR on as usual. So hopefully you enjoy that. Jared will be a kick-ass host, as he always is. And we'll get some good stuff out next week as well. Shout-out to BetOnline.ag. They are our, our, our presenting sponsor now for a long time. They have the welcome bonus going. That is a fantastic offering. They're still doing it. You should be taking advantage of it because the MLB is in a groove now. The NBA is in the playoffs. They'll announce today they'll still be getting back to going through things. There's an NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. The casino is open 24-7, never closes. So go to betonline.ag, use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. And again, that's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you for joining us, guys. Hopefully you have a fantastic Friday. Hopefully you are, are staying healthy mentally, physically, and all the above and, and uh, enjoying your end of the summer here. And uh, I hope you have a great weekend. I will be out for the week, so I will catch you uh, the second week of September after Labor Day. So have a great holiday. And until we chat next time, go Browns. Go Browns.